Does it matter who the mayor is? Probably not. The mayor, I submit to you and our dear listeners, does not run the city. The world is watching Tennessee because what is happening here today is a farce of democracy. Nobody else in this state has helped you upstairs the way I have. Nobody. Not this man right here. Your best friend. Not him. I pulled it all for you. And when you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to do something. Welcome to Pod Bless Nashville, a podcast about Nashville. Nashville news, Nashville politics, Nashville history, current events, entertainment, art, culture, whatever you name it, this is a show about Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and you can get to me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Jamie Holland. I'm a land use and zoning attorney, sometimes lobbyist, all times thorn in the side of the metropolitan government. <laughs> so about 15 years ago, Jamie, we decided as a society that our uncle and the loudest people on the internet were going to be where we get our news. And that is simply not good enough anymore for a city like Nashville, frankly, anywhere in this country, but there's a whole lot of things happening in this city that people are not learning about, that are not hearing about, and we felt like, you know what, we needed to create a spot that that provides a more nuanced, thoughtful, and nutritional look at what is happening in the city of Nashville. I don't know if understanding the underbelly of government and what's going on in town is nutritional or not. (laughs) Maybe too many calories, actually, but... It's important to know what's going on. This is a $3 billion a year budget city. And a lot of this shit you're going to find on Twitter is just pious baloney. I do think we've learned quickly that having access to every other person's brains and thoughts on planet Earth all at the same time is probably not healthy. So I do think people are retreating into smaller spaces to find better information. And that's what we want this product to be for you guys. For those that don't know anything about me at all, I've lived here in Nashville since the the mid to late 90s. Uh, I went to high school here. I went to college at University of Tennessee. I've moved back immediately uh, and have been here ever since. And I've been in sports media for almost 20 years. And my daughter, my first daughter was born in the fall of 2016. I moved into local media in the fall of 2016. And then other things might have happened in the fall of 2016. And so I've just started caring more about everything else in the world. And I just want a place where I can learn about that, who who we are as a city, where were we, and where are we going? Well, I've never given two shits about what goes on in the federal government, but that sucks up most of the TV time, especially cable news, and then the newspapers. I've never really paid much attention to it, less so the state news matters, but what I've always paid attention to, anytime there's an article, anytime there's a story, is something in local news about local metropolitan government in Nashville and Davidson County. Consume it all the time. It's part of my job. I have to know what's going on and who the actors in the play are. And there's a great many, regardless of your political persuasion, there's a great many dipshit actors <laughs> and they need to be held to account. Such kind words from, from Jamie right out of the gate. But we're going to cover a lot of different things. Today we'll give you an example of of a type of story that we think the community needs to know about. Again, give you an idea of how we want to cover what's going on in this city, you know, housing crisis, uh, the mayoral election that is coming up. 
Uh, you know, transportation's a big one for me. My daughter's in, I have two daughters now going into Metro schools. Uh, so there's just so much stuff to, to discuss right now that uh, I think is not being covered. Does it matter who the mayor is? Probably not. It matters who the director of law is because there's a conflict currently going on in Nashville. The mayor, I submit to you and our dear listeners, does not run the city. All right, we're not to save that one for another episode, Jamie. The mayor doesn't matter. Title of the next episode on the pod. We'll do that. Today we're, we're going to talk... Uh, about Freddie Benford and what's going on with codes and snitching and complaints and the environmental courts. We're going to do that today. But of course, please uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell somebody about the product. We really, really appreciate it. You can follow us on the socials. Yes, I do realize the irony of asking someone to do that after telling everybody that Twitter sucks and that we're trying to retreat into smaller, more communal spaces. We do have some fun stuff planned for you on the show. Big picture. We're going to have lots of voices that are a part of this product, men and women that do great work that you know and respect. We're going to have some premium content, and we're going to have some analog, in-person, in-real-life get-togethers that we are very, very excited to have so that we can kind of come together and uh, learn about our community a little bit more. So with that being said, unless you've got anything else you'd like to add, Jamie. No. No addendum. Hopefully, we're going to talk about what the reduction in the size of the council, and hopefully we'll hit on the hypocrisy of the metropolitan government housing especially, its need, nimbyism, all those fun topics. <laughs> Just light, lighthearted stuff here on the show. So let's get started, and we'll spend some time on this story again to give you an idea of the type of things we want to discuss. So there's a story in the Nashville scene in July of 2022. It's called Code Snitching. It, it is about the process with which people in a neighborhood complain about other people in their neighborhood anonymously uh, to the what event, what eventually becomes the environmental court. This happens ninety five thousand times in the last three years. It's happened ninety five thousand times in the last three years. And to give an idea of what that is, Jamie, it's people in a neighborhood not liking what you've got under your carport or in your driveway or your lawn is the grass is too tall or you have a boat parked in your front yard. Like what? Give people an example of what a complaint like that would look like. Technically, the term is property standards violations as regulated by the codes department of the metropolitan government and the colloquial phrase might be the neighborhood police you know if you live in a neighborhood in a city that's not a hoa because if you want to live in a hoa that product is available to you in the suburbs but if you live in a city you're not subject to the rules and regulations of an hoa Instead, you're subject to various property standards, which the architects of the zoning code created as a way to make sure your yard looked like the standard of the day. And, and as neighborhoods change, this is, a, this is an issue in every neighborhood, essentially, right, Jamie? But also f- far greater issue in areas that are gentrifying. And the main, one of the main characters in that story, there are many, but one of the main characters in that story, outside of you, of course, was Freddie Benford, 63-year-old man, married, lives in the Rosebank area in East Nashville, and bought his house in 1997, worked hard, like everybody else in this country, paid it off, and then a variety of 
complaints began upon his house. I believe he had a fishing boat in his front yard. He, I guess he's not, you're not allowed to repair your own car in Davidson County if it doesn't run, if it's not inside a garage. You can change the oil. <laughs> God bless the government. You can change your oil in the yard, but that's about it. Do you change your own oil on your car, on your truck? I'm, I'm out of that game. Yeah. I have before. Too old for that now. Yeah, that's what I figured. He had some tools that were not in drawers under his carport. He had a mini fridge one time. He had a workbench that was sitting out. Most of the carport was not visible from the street. But essentially what what this amounts to, and I want you to explain a little bit about this, because he said that the codes department visited him over 50 times. So what happens is people complain on your property for any number of reasons. The codes inspector then comes out and has, because the laws are so vague, he can kind of just find something that he wants or she wants to to put you in violation with. And then all of a sudden there's what a $50 fine per day that just continues to build. And unless you fix the problem, many people do not have the resources to fix the problem. Right. And, and so explain sort of the process of I file a complaint on you. It goes to XYZ location. The general proposition is that the neighborhood association that has a board president, vice president, secretary, treasurer, those folks elect themselves because nobody wants the job, by the way. It's all volunteer until they come to the council meeting and say, oh, I'm the president of XYZ Neighborhood Association. Well, congratulations. No one wanted the job. So they're probably a busybody in general sense of the word. And they go around their neighborhood and it's their responsibility to maintain it. Or you you pissed your neighbor off somehow. And so now they go to what's called Hub Nashville. Nashville has an app for that. I think the mayor just mentioned a couple months ago that one million complaints had been through Hub Nashville since its origin days. And that's where people go and complain anonymously. The codes, someone in the property standards division of the codes department will then come out and inspect your property. And they, depending on whether or not it's actually in violation or not, and a lot of times it's not in violation, but hey, good use of government to address the concerns of your neighborhood Karen. <laughs> Let's say it is in violation. Well, they'll go back to the office and they'll write what's called a notice of violation. They'll send it to you in the mail. Most likely certified mail. You know, it's more expensive than a regular stamp, so that way they can confirm your receipt. And they give you a per- period of time, most of the times 30 days, to rectify the alleged grievance. Later, they'll come out and reinspect. And if you haven't come into compliance, quote unquote, fix the problem, fix the problem, yeah. come into compliance, then they will issue a warrant against you to come and be heard in the environmental court of Davidson County. And I hate to belabor the point, but some context needs to go into what the environmental court is. That's that's exactly what I wanted to do next. So we've we've got Freddie and his family have been complained upon over codes have come out and visited his property over 50 times. Um, it's largely, there's, there's not really a whole lot wrong going on on his property. It's maybe not eyesores is another term that I think the casual listener would understand. But like, again, that's all in the, in the eye of the beholder. It Um, offends your eyes. Oh my God. That's terrible. (laughs) 
So an envi- the environmental court was created in 1993. It is only in Davidson and Shelby County, I believe, in Wrong. The, the state of Tennessee. It's only in Davidson County? Only in Davidson County. Shelby County may have an environmental court, but not like this one. So explain why it was created and then how it works, because it can end up... Again, Freddie and his family and his wife now have a lien on their house that they worked you know, 30 years to pay off. Ah, you're getting ahead of the game. Okay, so... Stick to environmental court. Environmental court is created in 1993. Why, who, and what does that do? According to the legislative history in the state of Tennessee's legislative archives, it was created to help handle the volume of cases relative to junk, trash, debris, vacated property. They couldn't get the non owner occupant to do something about their yard it wasn't for the people that lived in the houses it was originally for the people that were vacant property and they couldn't track them down and hold them accountable get them to cut their yard because it was creating a nuisance to the neighborhood the original plan has been bastardized by the architects of the zoning code from january 1 1998 but it was started out in 93 well it wasn't really solving the problem And by the way, this act, and it was modified in 2001 because Metro didn't think it was doing the job efficiently enough. And so when it was amended in 2001, it allowed one particular general sessions court judge, the general, the division four judge who is currently Allegra Walker, judge Allegra Walker. She appoints her buddy. In this case, it's a gentleman named Renard Hirsch, a referee. The referee gets to adjudicate these cases. Uh, cases and adjudicate seems like uh, <coughs> loose terms in this situation. Well, uh, adjudicate to lawyers might mean, hey, there was deliberate thought went into this. Law was checked. <laughs> Each side had an opportunity to be heard, and real consideration was given and deference was giving to the property owner. Courts are supposed to look favorably to how the property owner wants to use their property. That's all shit's turned upside down. It, is a better way to explain that, like, innocent until proven guilty in, a, in, a, in layman's terms? That's fair, except this is not a criminal case. Sure, except just... if the environmental court orders you to do something and it's not done, Metro will issue a show cause hearing why it has not been done, and that referee, who's elected by no one, appointed by his friend, whoever the Division Four judge is at the time, and I'm not impugning Judge Allegra Walker here. I can impugn her on a whole lot of other shit. That's William Edward Arnold Jr. But he's doing a job for $125,000 a year, full medical benefits, parking pass in the Birch Building, you name it. And he's sitting up there and rubber stamping whatever the metro government wants. And then, if you don't do what he says, he will put you in jail. You are at risk of jail. So Called and, contempt of court. And, and with, Being poor is expensive, Brady. Yes, and without any, the most important point here, without any due process to you and your rights as a citizen. So eventually... Let sen- me explain. And... A couple of years ago when I started doing this, I about lost my mind in the room. 
the man comes out wearing a robe. All right, judges wear robes, referees wear stripes, something else. Whistles. Regular clothes, a whistle, not here. This man wears a robe. Comes out, and he makes an announcement. He says, hey, we're going to give you a chance to settle these cases. All you got to do is pay a $50 fine and court costs. Well, that's about $225. Well, when are you down there? Well, you're down there at 9 a.m., or 1 o'clock on a Monday or Thursday. So what happened to working people? They had to take off work to be there, and they announced, hey, if you got $250, we'll set you free. Great if you got it, bad if you don't. The time and the money. And then you still have to fix the, the, the quote-unquote problem on the property, which I guess brings us to Freddie and, and his wife. And again, he has now a $3,500 collection of fines on his property, there's a bunch of things like again working on the car is one of them well the car is was his father's car it means a lot to him he has to prove that it works all the time it's something that he can fix himself but because he doesn't have a garage and can't afford to build a garage it sort of sits in a carport and therefore is in violation and until he builds a garage for i don't know what that would cost these days fifty thousand dollars too much he continues to incur fines and and quote-unquote violating the codes now there is a lien on his house. Is that where it's supposed to end, even at, at this point of the story? Now a year later, because again, this was in the national scene in July of 2022. We are now a, a, a calendar year later, and where is where are Freddie and his wife with this process? Well, that touches, that touches on hypocrisy, because every local politician will say they're what? They're against gentrification. They're standing up for poor people. And the giving voice to the unheard, that is bullshit. Because the metropolitan government, of which they are a part of, is doing nothing to help them. That should end the story. Like, you know what? Hey, you can't get blood from a turnip, water from a stone. But they're still pressing the issue here because now they're going after Freddie's spouse, who has a different last name for the same offenses that they already have the liens on for freddie so why 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 on earth would they do that just because they're not how is how are they even allowed to do that the number one reason is they don't give a shit the number two reason is they don't give a shit the number three reason is because they can i i do want to present like some solutions around all of this and i know you're gonna have some strong words about it but what does that look like? Because you, you mentioned you have to come down to the court Monday or Monday or Thursday at certain times. This is the amount of money you have to pay. This is the problem you have to fix. It certainly disproportionately affects people that don't have that time and money. How does this look in their lives? Like, do they just have to, until they pay off the $3,500 and until they do all, fix all the things that are listed on this, these codes violations, again, by either a, a nosy neighbor or now by the inspector or whatever, it just it's going to go on indefinitely nashville metro government can't just decide like all right enough is enough like where what's the end solution and how does this affect their everyday life from here on out i mean it causes them stress a lot of stress like hey if they ever sell their house the first thing they have to do is satisfy this lien or if either one of them die and they have to move out whatever the case may be and it's not going away 
the only way to make it go away and what irritates the Jesus out of me is that they're not, their case is not being heard by someone that's accountable to anyone. The referee is accountable to one person, the division four judge of General Sessions Court, of which we have 11. No one. Judge Allegra Walker decides if he keeps that job or not. And so he doesn't give a shit. Boom, he's running a mill up there, a rubber stamp mill for the benefit of the metropolitan government, which leads to gentrification. Uh, so there's, uh, we can kind of back up here too. Again, 95,000 complaints through this court with this with this particular issue. It, neighbors complaining about neighbors, but it's also developers. And I think one thing people believe is that developers are driving all of the movement in the gentrification in the city. And while that does happen occasionally, developers will come in and just sort of bombard you with complaints to, to, to wear you down so that you sell your property at a lower value. They then purchase that property, obviously put up two, three, five houses, whatever it might be, which technically we need <laughs> in a bad way, but maybe not in that way. But that's not the driving force because, again, what you're saying is the people that could make the decision to end Freddie's problems are not developers <laughs> that are trying to buy his house. Is it Metro's like back end way of getting into the gentrification process through anonymous reports by neighborhood people? Is that is that there, what is that what this amounts to? There is no entity that loves scraping a ranch house and putting two up more than the Metropolitan Government Department of Finance. Because that property that was generating about eight hundred bucks a year in property taxes is now generating about four thousand bucks a year in property taxes. And their hammer to make it happen is the environmental court, which is a, a bastardization of the word court. Yes. Um, kangaroo, I believe, is a word I've heard you use before. I mean, kangaroos have a better court than the environmental court. So I want to ask you for some some solutions on this, because, again, now Freddie and his, now Freddie and his wife are being prosecuted by this body. And you kind of laid out what the implications are for him. And this is something that happens to all of us. It can happen in any neighborhood that's not, what, controlled by an HOA. Again, 95,000 of these over three years. What I are mean, some... if you want to live in that manicured environment, go to that fucking HOA. Yeah, I, I You agree. live in a city. I agree. I agree. Um, so number one solution that I will present that I think is the most possible, and I want to see what you think about this, because <laughs> there's some that are far less possible, right? Number one, talk to your neighbors more. Number one, just talk to your neighbors. If you do something to them and their property, just like own it. If, if you have a problem with them or they have a problem with you, just talk to each other. Get to know each other more. I talk to my neighbors. My neighbors can come to me. I lay that out. Somebody literally just had a new family move in next door to us. They have a daughter who's one of my daughter's ages. And like the first thing we did was like, introduce ourselves and, and introduce our children and just say, if there's anything you ever need, you can come talk to me. There's, there, you know, and so I just, I think that's the number, that's the, the really the number one piece of recourse for everybody to try to solve some of this is to just talk to people, um, get to know the neighbors. And unfortunately, even in Freddie's case, it seemed like he had a very good relationship with some of the people that were filing some of the complaints, which is absurd to me. But this is where you come in and I need the legal situation on all of this could you remove the anonymous part from this process what would that do 
to the entire thing? Does it reduce complaints? What, what would, is that possible? How would we go about doing that? How do you feel about removing the anonymous part? I'm 100% in support of removing anonymous complaints. The state of Florida did it recently by state statute. I'm all for that in the state of Tennessee. If you're going to have the guts to complain on your neighbor, put your name on it. I, I Period. I agree. Would that be hard to do legally in terms of changing the, the actual rules? No. No, Metro could do it or the state could do it for Metro. Last but not least would be how do you add due process to the environmental court? Is that even, how would we do that? You know, with some COVID money that came through when last time I was up there, when you walk out, there was some tables set up for people who were uh, facing eviction to help them through that process. And some COVID money from the COVID relief fund set up grants to help those folks, which is great. Same should be here. Metro sends its baby lawyers to environmental court. That pisses me off. What would be great instead if Metro sent its most experienced lawyers to go deal with people that are the most vulnerable in this town to use some judgment because that baby lawyer, and I've been through seven of them, seven baby lawyers who after this process, they either leave, get a better job, move up in the ranks. It's so out of control down there. Recently, Metro's paralegal from her seat was talking to the referee and I'm not allowed as a lawyer to talk to a referee judge or anyone without standing up and addressing the bench that's how rogue the whole damn operation is sounds like a lack of decorum even l- l- decorumless <laughs> some might it's very po- decorum is very important these days jamie it's very important <laughs> whatever <laughs> i'm not an adherent to decorum myself <laughs> but i'm saying there was some money available to help maybe it's through the public defender's office or through Metro giving some money that they have appointed counsel. 99.9% of the people that are in there have no lawyer. A lot of them don't speak the language. So there's a common thread. They don't speak the language, and they're poor. And those are the ones getting what? Fucked by Metro. The hardest. Always. All right, so what are we going to do about it? So... Between now and this time... Well, that, or what can people do about it, I guess? I mean, they, they can advocate to their council member to reform the property standards practice available in the, under the Metro Code. Elimination of the position of the referee. The poorest people get their cases heard by someone who's not accountable to them. Their name never goes on a ballot. They're nameless faceless will never see you again until they deem you a repeat offender and you know if you're a repeat offender oh my god you know so like you didn't mow your glass grass like two months in a row yeah you know hope hope you know if you're hope you don't get hurt and can't mow your yard and can't pay anybody to mow your yard because you're gonna be the asshole in the neighborhood so uh you gonna do anything about it I think I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) 
I see that look in your eye, and I am terrified. <laughs> no, it, I, I've I've addressed this with the current legal director. I've addressed it with certain council members who promised me that they were going to file a bill to do something. Well, that was six fucking months ago. They don't give a shit, but they don't. They also don't go down to the environmental court and observe what the hell's going on because that's time out of the middle of their day. And they should go and go and go like I did. I went for eight weeks straight. It, this was back at a time when pre-pandemic when it was held every Wednesday. And I went in there. It was so outrageous. I went in there every Wednesday. And after the referee came out and made that slap dick announcement, I stood up. said, hey, everybody, my name's Jamie Holland. I'm an attorney in private practice. And that guy didn't tell you shit about what the consequences are for failure. You could go to jail if he wants you to go to jail. And I'll represent you for free out here in the hall. And the first thing I noticed is, like, all the warrants were bad. And another to have an active case and have a proper case be heard in front of even a fucking kangaroo court, you have to have what's called personal jurisdiction and subject matter jurisdiction. Subject matter is can this court hear this type of case? And the answer to that was yes. Do they have personal jurisdiction? Well, under the state law at the time, the warrant had to have certain information on it. And if it didn't, it was invalid. And the sheriff's department was serving these warrants. The Metro was issuing them, and they were invalid as hell. And so I'd, I'd get people to meet me out in the hall. I'd sign them up in an engagement, and I'd go in there and move to dismiss them all. Because nobody, no fucking body cared enough about these people to get the service of process right. Step one, step fucking one, they ignored it. And I did that for eight weeks, and, you know, they all hate me down there, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Uh, all of that tracks and, um, uh, uh, listen, you, you were a part of the story, of course, in the Nashville scene with Freddie and his family and a variety of other people, um, that are going through this. And again, I think what's important is the environment for people to understand what the environmental court is, how it functions and, and what are the consequences of its behavior. I think the other side of this is to understand what your behavior does in all of this, the consequences of the, com- the anonymous complaints and what you do and then how it ends up fueling all of that those repercussions so i i don't further further on the solution is like if you see me 12 months from today and that statute that gave metro that authority to do this still exists and shoot me in the fucking head jesus all right well there you have it so again we want people to know what this thing is and if you go call you know you may be you may think that you are doing something in some way that, you know, you think is okay and is right to call and complain about this. And not everything, by the way, those 1 million submissions to Hub Nashville are not about, you know, property standards as well. So there's a lot of things that, you know, you see a pothole, you can go to the Hub Nashville and, and put a pothole complaint in. So there are some things that don't have... No, any- you got some people making submissions because there's glass in the road when they could walk in their house, grab a broom, sweep it up, move on, but uh, whatever. You can't <laughs> post a picture on Twitter about that. That is a... That's a deep cut right there, big guy. Big guy. We're one episode in, man. You're gonna you're gonna do that to everybody in the city. Uh, but that is why you listen, of course, folks. And and we do appreciate you guys. Please uh, share the product with everybody. So that's the kind of conversation, the kind of stories, the kind of topics we are gonna have for you on this here show. 
Uh, again, lots of other voices, lots of other names, men and women that you recognize that do great work in the city that are both actors inside and covering what's going on with Nashville metro government, the state, and, and sort of you know our, our area of the country. We're going to have some premium content. We're going to do some in-person, in-real-life events. We are, you already had one Metro Council watch party that uh, I, was, uh, I, was, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed, had a great time. There were many distinguished dignitaries there watching the council vote. Um, (laughs) mostly the martinis were excellent but uh no this is the kind of stuff we're going to do on the show and we hope you come along for the ride again we'll we'll see where this whole thing takes us but uh, other than that where can the good people find you jamie all over the streets at jr holland on twitter if you want to get an elon's sewer pit with me have at it let's roll (laughs) i also it is also my drug of choice at Braden gall on twitter i'm going down with the ship Uh, although I'm not sure how much of the ship is left. So there you have it. Thank you guys for listening. Again, share the product. Tell everybody about it. We've got lots of plans coming. Housing, transportation, the mayoral election, tons of stuff to do on the show. Need a director of law election, so that asshole will be accountable to someone. And that is how we're going to end this episode. Thank you guys all for listening. We'll talk to you next time.